Hi kids, Bill Allerton here again. I'm bringing you another story this week. And as you know, most of these stories were written with the aid of children, such as yourself. So it's only fair to mention them. The ideas were suggested by Habiba and Ibrahim. And also making a guest appearance is Zira. Zira was a very beautiful but disadvantaged young lady. Now, this story is called Manchild and the talking stone. And the children wanted to know why people misunderstood each other, why why people just couldn't agree and, and get along. So this is perhaps why. I don't know. Well, let's see what you think. Manchild and the talking stone. Excuse me, said Alligator, a long, scaly snout bumped into the side of Tiger as he lay on his back, splashing in the clear, warm, sunlit water of the river. Oh, sorry, said Tiger, scrambling up the bank. Just thought I'd have a bath. This is the part of the river where I live, said Alligator politely. But of course, you are welcome any time. Thank you, said Tiger. But next time... I'll make sure to ask. Along the beach, Antelope was trying to run and spring and dance in the sand where Turtle was sunning herself. Oh, sorry, said Antelope, as she accidentally stepped on Turtle. Be careful of my eggs, said Turtle. Can't you play on the grass in the meadow? Well, I could, replied Antelope, but Monkey is having a race there today. Oh, all right then, said Turtle. Please be careful. Watching them from the top of the tallest palm tree on the island was Habiba, the great parrot. She shook her head in disbelief. The animals were so polite to each other that nothing was ever getting done properly or even arranged. They were far too busy making excuses for each other. The island on which they lived was small and oval with a high mountain set right in the middle. The top of the mountain was cup-shaped like the crater of a volcano and so high that it was tipped always with a white cap of snow. Habiba had been blown to the island on the winds of the greatest storm the ocean had ever seen. She had been blown so far and so hard that she knew she would never have the strength to return home. Being a wise parrot, Abiba soon learnt all the different ways in which the animals spoke. The strangest thing was, they all seemed to understand each other with no trouble, even though their voices were very different. And this was unlike any island Abiba had ever lived on before. Eagle told her that it was because of the talking stone. 
It had fallen out of a clear night sky and landed in the crater at the top of the mountain. Eagle herself had seen it one day when the east wind had lifted her so high that she soared above the clouds themselves. The stone, she said, was a brilliant jewel, the same size and shape as a coconut, but the power of its light shone out across the island, helping all the animals to understand each other. One day, as a beaver flew around the tops of the trees, watching Tiger ask Eagle ever so politely if she would move over so that he could sit on his favourite warm, sunny rock, she noticed a wooden canoe drawn up on the beach. The canoe had a long pole laid in the bottom. There was a large white cloth inside it and an oar laid on the sand. A beaver was afraid. She knew this boat had been made by man. She had seen man before and knew what he could do. She knew how cruel he could be about things he did not understand. A trail of footsteps led across the sand from the canoe to the edge of the jungle. Habiba flitted from tree to tree, following them until they led to the bank of the river, far higher upstream than Hippopotamus's private lake where then they disappeared into the water. She asked Fish if he'd seen man. Yes, replied Fish. The creature went up towards the mountain. I had to swim quickly out of the way, and it never even said sorry. Habiba gathered all the animals together at the edge of the sea to tell them about man. She spoke to them as all parrots can, in their own voices. They nodded as they understood. "'We must find this man-creature at once,' said Tiger, "'before it brings harm to the island.' "'Excuse me, Habiba,' said Duck, "'but what did Tiger say? "'I only heard a loud grrrr.' "'Please ask Duck not to make that quacking noise,' said Tiger. "'I can't understand a word she says.' "'Oh, no,' thought Habiba, "'as the animals erupted into a loud cacophony of sounds that only she could understand. The trouble has started already. Eagle soared high into the sky, circling and circling the east wind on wings spread wide as a palm tree until she reached the top of the mountain. The crater was empty. She folded her wings and dropped like a stone towards the beach where the other animals waited. At the last moment she spread her wings wide on the air and screeched at her beaver. The talking stone has gone. Man must have taken it. Habiba told the other animals, one at a time, in their own language, what had happened. They all agreed that the man-creature must be found. First she asked Tiger what his favourite place on all the island was. The jungle, he said, and the flat rocks that grow warm in the sun. Then you search there, said Habiba. I like the river, said Alligator. I like the meadow, said Antelope. I like the lake, said Hippopotamus. I like the bushes, said the snake. I like the dark places, said Owl. I like the beach, said Turtle. I like the pond, said Duck. I like the trees, said Monkey. I shall ride 
the east wind, said Eagle. Then search all the places you know best, said Habiba. I shall search the treetops. The man-creature must be found. The animals went their separate ways, to their favourite places, and to those parts of the island where they felt most at home. A beaver was about to fly to the nearest treetop when, "'What about me?' a small voice asked behind her. A beaver turned quickly around. In the edge of the surf, a small blue seahorse was waving to her. "'I am Ibrahim the seahorse,' he said. "'Can I search the sea?' "'Who better to ride the waves than a seahorse?' said Habiba. "'We would be very grateful.' "'Ibrahim swam away to ask Dolphin if he would help too.' "'Alligator swam up the river, "'and because Tiger wasn't in it to bump into, "'and because Hippopotamus was in his lake "'instead of splashing noisily around,' It was empty. He found himself enjoying the quiet swim in the cool water. But there was no sign of man. Antelope ran and sprang across the meadow, not having to be careful any more of Turtle and her eggs, or of Monkey playing his games. She sprang higher than ever before in her life, so high she thought her nose could almost smell the scent of the sun passing overhead. But still, there was no sign of man. Hippopotamus cruised the lake like a big grey underwater cloud, just his nose and eyes sticking out of the water. The water was so still, without duck flapping or the other animals jumping in, that it was like a mirror to the sky above. He could see reflections of real clouds scudding about on the surface. For the first time in his life, he felt absolutely at peace. But still, there was no sign of man. Snake wriggled and hissed and slithered undisturbed in and out of the bushes. The twigs and leaves felt so good against his scales that he vowed he would never leave. But still, there was no sign of man. Owl found the dark places on the island and flew through them all, amazed at how well he could see where no one else could. But still there was no sign of man. Turtle scoured the beach with her strong, scaly flippers. She found all the eggs she had laid and made sure they were all carefully covered before slipping back into the sea for a deep, cool swim. But still there was no sign of man. Duck splashed around in the small pond formed by a sharp bend in the river where the water moved sluggishly and the lily pads covered the surface. Duck looked under them all and found only Frog skipping across the stones. She turned herself upside down and poked at the bottom of the pond with her beak. She loved every moment of it. But still, there was no sign of man. Monkey climbed the trees and swung and laughed and chatted loud until his arms and his jaws ached. But still there was no sign of man. Eagle soared high upon the rising east wind, enjoying the movement of the air within her 
feathers, lifting and falling, and all the time wheeling around the sky, seeing everything that could be seen on the island. Until she saw man. She flew down to where Habiba searched the treetops and screeched a warning. Habiba looked out to sea and saw the canoe being slowly paddled into the oncoming waves. In the bottom of the canoe was a small sack. Through the loose weave, Habiba could see the bright gleam of a large glowing jewel, just about the size and shape of a coconut. She flew over the water, calling out until she found Ibrahim the seahorse. Stop the boat, she cried. Ibrahim swam and swam until he caught up, but the wake from the moving boat pushed him gently aside. I'm not strong enough, he cried out. Dolphin, help! Dolphin swam around and around the boat, hoping to persuade the man-creature to turn the boat back to shore. But he'd done this so often before, that the man-creature just smiled and waved to him. "'Wait!' shouted Ibrahim loudly. "'I have an idea!' He swam away so fast that Habiba's eye could not follow him. Inside the canoe, the man-creature lifted the pole and set it into a wooden block so that it stood upright. Next, it fastened a large white cloth to it. "'The east wind!' screeched Eagle. "'Look!' and surely enough, the east wind rose up and filled the sail of the boat to send it flying across the wave-tops ever farther from the island. Abiba watched as it sailed away, and along with it, the talking stone. She knew she wasn't strong enough to fly after it, so she turned sadly aside and flew back to the sand by the edge of the sea. Ibrahim was waiting for her, washing backwards and forwards in the surf. Watch, he said and pointed out towards the sea before swimming quickly away. As Abiba watched, beyond the scudding boat that rode the east wind as easily as if it were eagle, the sea humped up into a large grey island. It grew bigger and bigger until it was higher than the boat. The grey shape lifted a huge tail out of the water, and Abiba could see that it was whale. Out at sea, the man-creature became very afraid. The rudder was swung around and the boat turned back towards the beach. Whale rolled onto his side in the water and with his mighty spout blew the sail back towards the island. As it turned, a huge wave grew up behind it, driving it further ashore, and a beaver could see that the wave was made up of thousands and thousands of blue seahorses, with Ibrahim right at the front, swimming as hard and as fast as he could. You are very clever, Ibrahim, she thought. Thank you. The man-creature drew the boat up onto the beach and took out the sack that held the talking stone. Abiba flew over and picked up the sack. As she picked it up, the jewel rolled out onto the sand where it gleamed brightly in the sun. The man-creature picked it up in its hands as Abiba landed on the prow of the boat. Hello, said the man-creature. You're a fine parrot. Well, thank you, said Abiba. They studied each other for a moment. Abiba could now see that the man-creature was what they called a girl-child. She was very young and beautiful, with silky long dark hair, and her skin shone with all the power of living in the golden light of the sun. 
The girl child studied her beaver, and her fine feathers of blue, red, yellow, grey and gold. Suddenly she put her hand to her mouth and said, You didn't copy me. Should I have? asked her beaver. Of course you should, said the girl child. You're a parrot. That's what parrots do. They copy what people say. How boring, said a beaver. How boring, laughed the girl child. You copied me, said a beaver. Does that make you a parrot? No, she said. I'm just a girl. My name is Zira. Why did you steal our talking stone? asked a beaver. I didn't mean to steal it, replied Zira. I didn't know it belonged to anyone. On my island there's a legend of a strange stone that fell from the sky. It is said that this stone helps everyone to understand each other so well that there can never be another misunderstanding. The legend said that the stone fell on this island and so I came to find it. Why would you want it? asked Ibrahim, who had returned to join them by the edge of the sea. Well, said Zira, father said that only boys can take a boat out to sea alone, and I know he is wrong. I have watched him sail since I was very small, and I know everything I need to know. You must be very brave, said Ibrahim, for the sea can be a very dangerous place. That is another thing, said Zira. Mother says that only boys are brave enough to have adventures, and I know that is wrong too. I needed the talking stone so they would understand that just because I am a girl, I am no less able than anyone else, especially boys, she added. A beaver flapped her wings. I'm sorry, but we cannot allow you to take away our stone. Where would we be without it? A voice boomed from the edge of the jungle. Wait a minute, said Tiger, as he stalked across the sand. Zira jumped into the boat and hid in fright. Come out, man-child, said Tiger. I won't hurt you. Summoning all her courage, Zira climbed slowly out of the boat. I think we should give her the talking stone, said Tiger. What? said Abiba. No, said Ibrahim. What about us? Tiger sat down in the sand and shook his head. I've just been to gather the rest of the animals, he said, and they don't want to come. Hippo is busily cruising his lake, Duck is quacking happily around in the pond, and the others are remembering what it's like just to be yourself, like we all were before the stone fell from the sky. Above them, Eagles circled the mountain top, soaring the east wind and enjoying the feel of it between her feathers. It felt so good she didn't ever want to come down. If what the man-child says is true, I think we should let her take the stone, said Tiger. It sounds like the man-creatures need it far more than we do. But the man-creatures are all the same, said Ibrahim. Why do they not understand each other? I have talked with them, said Abiba, and they do not understand that they are all the same. That is why they argue and fight. Sometimes, said Tiger, as he stretched and stalked back into the jungle, you have to stand outside a problem to be able to see what it is. Goodbye, man-child. I wish you luck. Zira placed the talking stone safely in the sack and put it back into the boat.
she pushed the boat into the water and put up the pole and the sail. Ibrahim gathered all his family behind him in a huge blue wave and pushed her steadily from the shore. As more seahorses joined them, the wave became bigger and faster until the boat was skimming the water away from the island. Habiba was riding on the edge of the boat, talking to Zira. Come away with me, said Zira. No, thank you, replied Habiba. I belong on the island. As different as we are, it seems we understand each other very well, now that we all remember our place in this life. I shall always remember you, said Zira. I shall always remember you, said Habiba the parrot, and they both laughed as she flew away. Goodbye, shouted Ibrahim, as the huge blue wave of seahorses slowly settled back into the sea. Goodbye, shouted Zira, and suddenly the east wind rose around her, tipping the waves with white foam, filling the small sail and sending the boat scudding across the water as fast as the clouds in the sky taking her back home to where she knew they would now have to understand. Well, that's Manchild and the Talking Stone. I think we all understand each other. Not all of us do, but I think you and I understand each other, which is good. So, thank you very much for listening. So it's a goodbye from me and a meow from Nelly. And we'll see you in a week's time. Thank you. Bye.